and welcome to Decipher Strategy. I'm Rachel, and I'm an independent brand strategist based in Washington State. I'm Dimi. I'm leading Simulon Branding, a small brand identity agency in London, UK. Together, we'll be diving deep into the wisdom of ancient Chinese strategy, reading from the book The 36 Stratagems, a collection of strategic wisdom, cunning, and tricks used and codified in Imperial China. So we decided to do this and, and see where it takes us. Yeah, so I'm uh, when Demi contacted me, I was like, well, that sounds like an interesting challenge because I mean, some of the some of the strategies are like, you know, steal your neighbor's goat, <laughs> things like the wording like that. Um, but it's fun to kind of break it down and um, see where some of them actually map to other sayings that we have now that would be more familiar and when you and how to break these sorts of things down. So when Demi and I started talking about um, this and other either old literatures or even using fiction to learn from, it's like, well, how do you do that? Not a lot of people are taught how to um, break things down and then learn how to learn from it. It's kind of, we rely on like, specific how-to books or how to do this or go visit WikiHow to like be told exactly how to do something. Um, but if you know how to break things down yourself, you can actually learn from a lot of obscure places and apply it to what you want to, to do. So for in my case, like it's uh, brand strategy, business strategy, and I, I source from a lot of odd places for how I think about things. So that's what got us on this down this rabbit hole so to speak yeah like um that's the that's the interesting bit for me as well like how how do you take uh things that seem to be very very specific and very organized especially especially in a very um feudal china military uh context and how how would these um pearls of wisdom apply to apply to the modern era yeah, or, is, should, um, or should they apply? <laughs> or should they, right? Or should right. they? That's that's a good thing because there is this. Um, th th there has been an extensive um, literature on on the art of war from Sun Tzu, which is a similar book in some sense, but the thirty six stratagems are more cunning, more um, wily, more. Uh, I would say like playing dirty and especially in contemporary Western societies. So um, yeah, do, do you want to get started? Yeah, so today uh, what we're going to do guys is we're going to just look at the first stratagem chapter one and just kind of break it down from there. Um, as we move forward with this series, we hope to do a live maybe every couple of weeks and um, also post uh, maybe cut downs of like some of the the nuggets of the discussion to decipher strategies feed, which is our collaboration account. And um, today we're just going to dig into this first one, kind of see how it goes. And as we do this, maybe we'll dig into three at a time or something like that. But for now, we're just being okay with 
starting before we have it all figured out and see how it goes because it'd be fun to share it with you guys. Okay, so the first stratagem is uh, okay. We found these on Wikipedia, and you can you can check these too. Uh, so the first is cross the sea without the emperor's knowledge. Yes, and and this is from chapter one, which is called winning stratagems, yep. which is how to win as a general. So that's the context. The stratagem, as Demi said, is cross the sea without the emperor's knowledge. On Wikipedia, like it's literally the book is um, the on Wikipedia. The reason why the entire book's on Wikipedia is because it's uh, 36 sentences. It's like essays. Um, so under this stratagem, it elaborates. It says, mask your real goals from those in authority who lack vision by not alerting them to your movements or any part of your plan. So, That's to a bit start, to unpack. it's a bit to unpack. So let's talk about how we actually unpack it, because not only are we talking about the strategy itself and whether it's relevant, we're also talking about how to break this down. Yeah. How do we unpack this? I, I actually have, I charted out how I break this down. I'm curious if you have a method for how you break things down, because I'd like to hear yours as well. So... For me, I, I try to look for. Um, so I try to look for the story, basically, because this is a very visual thing, like cross the ocean and um, uh, cross the sea, uh, and, and there's an emperor. There's knowledge. There's uh, so I, I try to 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 find a um, a way like this to put this. I think the main the main concern. Uh, in this is what does the emperor symbolize and what does the sea symbolize? I think these are the most important things. So for me, crossing the sea uh, probably means doing what you're supposed to be doing or what is your, your specific personal strategy of doing. And I think the emperor is, um, is an authority. And I, would, I, I can see the emperor as, as, um, as a negative authority, or I can see the emperor as a, um, as a positive authority. So either, either you feel that you're serving the emperor, but by not doing what the ex emperor explicitly said, but you're, um, you're making sense of the orders you might be having, or you're making... Uh, you're um, you're still there's there's a, a unifying uh, intent behind this, or you're trying to to sneak, uh, trying to sneak and and go from there. What do you think? Yeah, no, you have a you broke it down similarly to how I did. I wrote it down, and then I underlined the like n the nouns or verbs, like the active keywords of the sentence, and. So cross the sea is the plan. So you have a plan, you have something you want to do. And the emperor is obviously an authority. Um, and so you end up to map this to something that's more relevant to you. You would say, what's my plan and who's the, and who's the authority um, that I would need to answer to. So as I broke that down, 
I realized that um, it's actually the equal to a saying that we still say now, which is it's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. Right? Okay. You can see so, that. So in that way, I was like, okay, that's interesting. That is something that some people especially are big proponents for. It's better to say sorry later than to always be asking permission and never get anything done. Um, I'm actually mm -hmm. reading Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, right now because I've heard about it for years. And he that's a huge underlying um, theme to basically all of his advice is if you can get away with just doing something, succeeding at it, and then saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really clear that with you first, but I accomplished it. Um, so in this case too, I would, I would say if there was a general that felt like he was so much more savvy than the emperor and he knew how to win, then he's going to try and carry out his plan then the emperor's going to find out about it and he's going to say, well, I'm sorry, but yeah, we won, right? Uh, so that's how I break it down via the keywords. I equate it to what the like very visual specific words cross the sea emperor are very specific. So how do we generalize, generalize those to what their meaning is? Yeah, I think I think the the uh, ask, um, do it first and ask for forgiveness later. Like I, I think there is there is the implication that um, that you will get caught eventually, or it will um, you know it will be an overt act that you're doing, and you're just basically uh, buying your time. But this is not necessarily a very um, you know it doesn't doesn't need to be like that. I I think. Um, I, I can think of uh, situations where you just expect to stay under the radar and this is the emperor's knowledge. It's not just that you don't have permission. It's something that you know you're doing and will will try to go undetected as much as possible. At least you're not alerting um, attention. That's, that's the, the aspect I would, uh, I would take from this. So that sounds like that sounds bad in in all intents and purposes. Like uh, for especially for Western societies, I think, and contemporary society as well. Like this, this sounds like the very dishonorable thing to be doing. Uh, I, I think I think like every stratagem, like um, camouflage, it can be used for good and for bad. Uh, but I'd like your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, well, as we work through these different stratagems, uh, there are some that I, I would say probably for ethical reasons would be avoided um, in this day and age under most circumstances, unless you're literally in the military type of situation. Maybe there'd be some, some allowances. But that's where I do like how we talked about um, if the law is observed, if it's, um, uh, should it be avoided and what happens if it's reversed and breaking it down that way? I think I've found some, 
some good appropriate um, reasons to, to use this, uh, especially especially in business uh, that are sort of that are positive in in a way. Um, so one of them would be um, in social media. It, it happened a lot. So I remember like we're doing lives on Instagram right now. But I remember there was a there was a time where Instagram was supposed to be uh, this platform where you share your photos and you just put a filter on it, and um, it was supposed to be you know uh, places you're visiting or interesting food you're eating or whatever like personal moments. And then people just starting uploading pictures from the computer to their phones and starting adding text and branded graphics and this is not definitely not the the original intention behind this platform like hijacking this in order to promote your brand or um, say what you want to say i remember a few years ago you had people um, writing notes on their on their note app and screenshotting it and putting this online just because people wanted to write in this platform and this platform doesn't explicitly allow to write unless you put a picture with it. So we we became very creative with what a picture might be. Um, another, another example I can think of is again, social media in the, in the first days of Facebook, like before we had, um, business pages people would make accounts based uh, you know with a with a business name and it could be mm. just a regular a regular account because there wasn't the, the providence of having a business on uh, on on Facebook uh, I think these are you know these are things where you try to you try to manipulate the the system without without harming anyone really like uh, you just um, you're just very liberal, liberal in, in the ways that you use somebody else's platform to, to do what you want. And eventually caught on so much that uh, it's, it's, you know, people don't, don't even bat an eye on businesses on in social media and Facebook and Instagram. I no, think it's, become, it's become expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's eventually you you see like carousels is is a great example of that as well like um, carousels were meant to be some some form of you know adding many instances of the same picture you know oh um we had a party last night here's 10 pictures from the same party right and now you have this sequenced medium that is the the modern instagram carousel where you have frames basically like you, you you make this sequentially and there's a story behind this and there's an arc and uh, beginning and middle and an end that's that's massive that's that's a really good use of ingenuity and in breaking a bit of the uh, the expected law um, and the emperor that imposes them I suppose yeah, I think uh, that's actually a really interesting way to see this type of uh, strategy applied in a modern sense is you're not necessarily trying, like you said, harm anyone. You're just trying to basically be creative, <laughs> like 
some uh, bend the rules, figure out the boundaries of the rules and how much you can push them and then push them and succeed at it and they get adopted as features. Right, that's the, it's the ingenuity. But like, I, I remember, I remember a time where you were supposed to be a person on Facebook, like it was against the rules to be something else. So yeah, like, uh, and now we have new art forms, we have meme pages and what have you, like this whole, a whole new array of things that just are internet culture now. Exactly. So to, to wrap up or head towards the finish line, um, what are, is there any way like that we can apply a reversal to this one? Well, yeah, like reversal is not doing it and, and having good results. I, I think, yes. Uh, I think, first of all, ethics, like uh, um, there are some, some laws and some um, regulations that are, uh, are here to, to benefit everyone. I, I think, especially in things like money laundering or, you know, um, corruption laws or, or what have you and that's that's uh it's really important to uh to play in a in a, in a fair um field i suppose and the other is like for me um you see this in dishonest marketing all the time like people people making an extraordinary claim and they just try to get away with as much um of a legalese uh way out of it i suppose like oh i didn't promise that i just said x like i don't know um i don't know i don't have an example right now no i i, I have encountered that before too with um the the wordplay kind of stuff or or political rhetoric for example um mm. i do think that in some ways you can still utilize this strategy and let an authority figure know what you're doing, but say it in such a way that um, they allow you to test an idea. So for example, with um, even with my clients, there will be times where they're unsure about trying something. But if I frame it as let's, this isn't permanent, let's try it for, a week, like a specific amount of time. We're going to see how it works out. We'll see how you feel about it. And, um, and, and, and we'll talk about it in a week, how it went. So by, or you can do this like with a, with a boss, for example, you want to try a different way of, of working. Like you can say, let's, let's try it. This isn't, let's change this forever. Let's, let's try this. And, and you can get buy-in from an authority figure that gives you permission by phrasing it in a different way than I want to change the normal forever and ever and ever. Do you buy into that? <laughs> Any other thoughts around this one? Well, no, like, um, I, I, I think, I, I think the big, the big situation, uh, the big divide that, uh, that I see is, when a rule is 
seems like random or arbitrary, like it's, uh, it makes it more okay. While if a rule has been established as a result of people getting hurt and you make the rule to avoid people getting hurt and then people keep trying to push, push, push the boundary, that's against the, the spirit of the, the intent behind this. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I find it a bit, you know, cheating and dishonest in, in some situations, I suppose. But yeah, there are, there are good opportunities for, um, you know, making your mark and, and zagging where everybody else is zigging. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you break, when you do apply what we're talking about at heart, uh, at the heart of this, which is really just how to break something down and really examine uh, the parts that make it, you can find where the the core heart of the strategy is maybe true and even applicable in ethical ways and not necessarily the way that it would first come across. Yeah. Okay, so thank you everyone for being here. Um, this is Dimi. And this is oh, That's special. a pass to you. Yeah. <laughs> And um, we'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.